Well, I know sometimes we tend to isolate ourselves, right? We tell ourselves we can do everything by ourselves. We're going to get through this um, regardless of how hard it is because we're traditionally taught that man up, you know, tough it out. But you don't have to and you shouldn't. This is a Therapy for Dads podcast. I am your host. My name is Travis. I'm a therapist, a dad, a husband. Here at Therapy for Dads, we provide content around the integration of holistic mental health, well-researched evidence-based education, and parenthood. Welcome. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Therapy for Dads podcast. This week, we have a an important topic, one that I think is not talked about enough, especially with men and fathers, and that is working through the court system and custody. And on this week's episode, I have a special guest. I have Paul Bache-Williams, who's a licensed clinical social worker. Welcome. Welcome, Paul. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, this is a very uh, important topic, um, one that I've experienced myself, but also I'm kind of I'm passion to help other fathers. Uh, but let me do an introduction first. So I'm Paul Bache-Williams. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. Uh, in the DMV area. That's DC, Maryland, Virginia. I'm also a dad. Um, I'm a husband. Um, I'm a practice owner. Uh, I do a lot of mentoring to other clinicians and also host a lot of fathers groups in the area, online and men's groups as well. One reason why I had you on here is for that reason, exactly your passion for men and specifically that extra layer that men are as fathers, that there's not enough, I think, of us out there that want to help and have a passion for men and fathers. And I think that's why you resonated and wanted to have you on the show. Um, and real quick, kind of what, what got you into wanting to work with, you know, what was the drive wanting to work with men and fathers specifically for you? What was that kind of core drive for you? Well, growing up in certain environments and neighborhoods, you see the lack of fathers mm. in the home. You see the lack of fathers in the community. And so I was fortunate for the majority of my life to have my father there. Um, when I was real young, he kind of disappeared for a little bit. I'd say he, well, I'll, I'll say this, and I need to be fair because a lot of times when we tell these stories, we don't include the father's perspective. So my mother moved out of New York because New York was dangerous. My father decided to stay back and eventually he came. But during that period, my father wasn't there. I was looking for mentorship, right? I was looking for guidance from a man, a father figure. So eventually came back because we didn't have that emotional relationship and we didn't have the language to speak. I was young. He was never taught certain things. There was this disconnect. And so I went searching for that connection. And what I did was I found it in my work, right? Why doesn't my father and I have a connection? Why doesn't more, why don't more fathers stay in the home, right? What does a mentor look like? Why are there so many uh, single mom households or why are there so many um, companies that uh, that I worked in in the social work field, they're ran by women um, and why don't enough men get into the field and what are all these young boys doing without a father figure in their life? So what is behind that? And so that kind of pushed me into the passion of being something that I needed when I was younger and also being something that my friends and my colleagues needed when they were younger and growing up and just the lack was just like, okay, let me try to fill in the gap, fill in the holes of some of the different things that were happening around me. Yeah. And that's definitely the uh, what I tend to hear um, a lot of when I talk with other men and women, actually, is the need and the importance of having a present father. Um, mm -hmm. and 
often where there can be a lack of, for various different types of lacking, whether it's emotional lack or distance or physical or psycho, you know, um, mental, there's some type of disconnect. And, but we all long for it. You know, it's funny, right, right. Any, anyone in my office, and I'm sure you feel the same way or seen is that anyone in your office is, when we broach the subject of moms, but specifically dads, there's this connection um, or mm-hmm. lack or missing connection that we all long for or wired to have. And hearing your story a bit about it makes sense that, hey, I want to I want to figure this out and figure out what is this really about for me? And then seeing the the just the kind of theme and the similarities among other people, other men, other women, people in communities and in, in, in the social work field as where schools, right, right. jobs, occupations, just life of the importance of fathers and the importance of their role in every, every kid's life. Um, right. And so, you know, I'm so glad that you're doing the work you're doing. I could tell you clearly care about this, the importance and role of fathers and not just them, but having a healthy relationship. And I know that's what you're really trying to help uh, present-day fathers do is work on themselves um, right, right, right. and also help them work through maybe some of the hurt and lack of their their earthly father, their biological father or adoptive father or whatever it is. And so, you know, coming to today, this topic, you know, which is very specific but important is just, like, you know, how do dads and men, how they navigate, you know, when there's custody, when there's a court mm-hmm. case, when we have to kind of work through really a type of trauma and whether that's an intended or unintended, whether it's something that the, the uh, you know, it was a mutual decision for both parties to, to end things or uh, it wasn't. And then now we're in the midst of court system and dealing with lawyers and finances and custody. And, and that could be such a confusing place, I think, for a lot of men. What do I do with this? I've never even thought about this, and now all of a sudden I have to come up with all this stuff. So coming to today's topic, you know, how do we navigate custody in the court systems as a father with, when it comes to our children? So just go ahead and jump right in and start sharing that. I know this is personal to you as well as professional. Yeah. So this is a very touchy, a very important conversation, mm-hmm. and I'll say that. And I'll share some of my experiences as well as working for child welfare, working as a court liaison for years, just working in a system, helping with parental uh, reconciliation with the children, dealing with emotional cutoff that some kids have had because of their experiences with their fathers Mm. um, and the fathers not having the language to reconnect, Mm. but having the desire to. So what happens a lot of times is you you said it, it can be mutual. Mm -hmm. It could be something that's happened within the relationship where there's a breakup or there's a divorce or whatever happens, or there might not have been a relationship, um, but a child is born, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you do now, right? If you want to be in that child's life. And I actually think that there, and and, uh, that's probably a whole nother topic, but child support and all that. But I actually think that it should be uh, um, some type of relationship building as opposed to the financial experience with with the father and the child, Mm -hmm. right? I think it should be tied to um, a responsibility. You have to be in your child's life and you have to be uh, monitored in order to be a healthy father in a child's life as opposed to you get to go away and not have a relationship because you're paying, right? And so that's a whole different topic Mm -hmm. and a whole whole different discussion. But just for navigating, as I've dealt with this, um, it's it's very difficult, right? Because initially... The thought of the court system, in my experience, and many other fathers' experience that I work with, um, and data shows that as well, the initial thought is that mom is the safe bet. Mm. Mom 
is the parent um, that the child should be with. Um, dad is a second thought. And so when you come into the court system or you file or you're or you receive um, a court document, it says that you are now um, your your child's mother is filing for custody or filing for child support. Uh, that starts to hit a certain place. Mm. Right. Emotionally, you feel like, why am I experiencing this? Right. And, and, and mentally, you're also having those thoughts of what did I do to get here? Um, if it's a healthy relationship, let's kind of move it in different relationships so I can be more succinct yeah. when I'm, I'm talking about this. Yeah. So if you are in a uh, co-parenting relationship, there's no court, court involved. Mm-hmm. And then somebody decides, i.e. mom decides that I want to file for child support, right? The relationship, you think everything is going well. Um, as far as co-parenting, there's no emotional or romantic relationship with her. And then you experience that. And so now you have to go through this process of first, you're feeling like the reason why she's filing for child support and what the court sees is that you're not an involved dad. Mm. You're not financially supportive. You're not present. So we just need to get your money. That's a whole separate court Mm. in in Maryland, at least in Maryland. Child support is different from custody. Mm. So now... When you get to child support, all you're looking at and all they're looking at is how much you make, how much time you have the child, and what are the child's expenses. Mm. And it's calculated. There's no other data mm. that's or another no other information that really matters in that. Then you come up with a number. Mm. Right? If you make more than the mother and you have the child more than the mother, you still may be liable to pay. Mm. So now imagine being in that position because you make more, they're not giving you more time with the child, but they're taking more money Mm. from you. So what does that do to the relationship, right? You're upset at the court, you're upset at mom, but sometimes you think as a child as the problem. Mm. So now we have to have a different conversation of the child is not the problem. Your relationship with the child's mother, your relationship with the court is the issue. Yeah. So you still need to be able to be the same dad that you were prior to that to your child because they deserve it and you deserve it too. Mm-hmm. Because there's a multitude of relationships when you're dealing with that. There's a relationship with the system. There's a relationship with the mother. There's a relationship with the child. Mm-hmm. And once you learn to separate that, it's a little bit healthier in how to manage that. Yeah. And you said a couple of things that I think is, is so key. You know, we, there's different types of relationships going in. It's the mutual co-parent where everything's okay, where typically the, the court doesn't get involved. But we're not talking about those. We're talking about the ones where maybe it switches, something turns and someone wants custody mm-hmm. or someone wants finances or support. And then the dad or the man has to deal with all these different changes in relationship. And so with that per, with that particular lens, um, you know, what have you seen or have you coached men working through that when they are dealing with now the frustration or anger towards court or now towards mom um, because now it's shifted and now they're having to see their kid and fight? Like, how have you coached them engaging their kids or to separate that? How What have you found successful as well as maybe some of the common themes you've heard men deal with in that space? Well, I'll first talk about what I had to do because I experienced it prior to helping Mm -hmm. others. And that kind of gave me on the ground um, practice. And so my experiences was, um, I was always financially supportive um, because I just thought the world and I still think the world of my Mm -hmm. son. And I didn't think it would be his mother's responsibility to, to be the sole caretaker financially or anything. So even uh, the thought process is that I will only provide when he's with me. 
I never thought mm. that. I thought that I am the provider regardless of where he is. Yeah. And so if I'm going to go see him, I'm bringing food, clothes for the week that I, he's not with me. I'm making sure the refrigerator is stocked at a different place. If there's other things that need to be paid for, I'm making sure I'm supportive. But hearing, experiencing that and hearing that I'm going to take you to court for child support based on something that has zero to do mm. with the co-parenting relationship. It was more about extracurricular activity, a flight that wanted to, that there was suggested that I should pay mm -hmm. for. And so I had already set boundaries on what it looks like for me to be a dad and not a partner. Mm. And so once those boundaries were set, I was clear, but sometimes we don't have the same thought process and the same expectations. And this is what happened when I see other men too, Sometimes we don't set clear boundaries mm -hmm. on what that relationship looks mm -hmm. like. And so if we are not only providing for the child, but sometimes we want to take the mom out or we want to do extra thing, there sets a, a tone and an expectation mm -hmm. or just a routine that this is what your money looks like at my mm -hmm. home. And so we don't have enough conversations around what that boundary looks like in the financial space. And so it bleeds over. And now we find ourselves in these difficult conversations, difficult circumstances. And here we are. We're going to court because we haven't kept up what was consistent. Mm. Yeah. So the unspoken, and unspoken so, things. Yeah. Not yes. being clear. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so my experience is when I went to court, it was a whole different. There was the shame. There was the mm. guilt. There was confusion, frustration. There was anger. There was how dare you. There was like me checking in on myself, am I not being a good father? Mm. Am I not being a good provider? Should I do something different? Mm. Um, and, you know, when you, the first day I walked into court and talked to the uh, attorney who supports her was, okay, we're going to see how much money that we're going to get from mm. you. Right. And so we're having a conversation. I just need you to buy any documents. Well, here's the documents of time that he's with me. We're not really worried about that. We just need to know how much you make and how much the expenses are. Mm. So that initial meeting put me on guard, put me in the defensive. Uh, I'm already thinking this is going to be one of those situations where I'm not going to have any money. Mm. Like all of my money is going to be going towards um, her. And then the thought process is, what is she going to do with that extra money? She's going to go shopping. She's going to do these things. She's going to like all this money is not going to go towards our son. But I had to kind of sit with myself and say, I need to go through this process and I need to not worry about where each dollar yeah. goes. Because ultimately the thought process, if whatever goes over there, there's something that's going towards yeah. him. I mean, definitely shocking, it sounds like, when you first walked in is what, not you, well, you said not what you expected. It's like, wait a second, you're taking, you're measuring my role as a father is not based on time, what I'm doing, but kind of my finances. And right. I, I mean, that just sounds like that would be, that would send me for a spin of like, wait a second, hold on, like, wait, why are we talking? That's not even on the table here. Like, this is not, <laughs> at least for your experience and right. being a dad who was already involved and had a, had kind of a system in place of connecting and providing regardless of what home he's in and you know, I would say they're very healthy, mature outlook of like, hey, no, this is my son, regardless of where, what home he's in, that this is my, this is my son. And I know that's not every father, every man, we're not talking about that. That's a, that's another side, you know, side conversation, but you were here and now all of a sudden you right. come in the courtroom and like, no, we don't care about that. We care about these three things and right. the shock of that and the, 
And then even making you question yourself for a second, like, wait a second, am I, wait, am I doing everything? You know, that, that yeah. you know, reeling and kind of that the stress, the anxiety and the anger and the, all the mixed of emotions. And that must have been extremely difficult. Uh, and absolutely. Yeah. So how did you navigate that? It was a process. Yeah. I tell you, I leaned in on um, a good mentor who's still a mentor today and just was having that conversation mm-hmm. uh, who kind of just helped me emotionally. Right. And just was a support mm-hmm. system. Um, and I so appreciate him to this day and also leaned on my son's godfather who had been through the experience prior. Uh, and I, I think at that particular time, I also got EAP. I got a, mm. a therapist. Wow. Um, I was I was a young social worker at the time. And so I wasn't into therapy. I haven't decided if I was going to be a therapist mm. or not. But I was working um, on wraparound services. Mm. And so I decided to utilize EAP. I said, you know what? I need to get some psychological Mm. support around this, this whole process. Because again, the thoughts were all over the Mm. place, ruminating thoughts. They were just coming from out of nowhere. Like again, from every emotion you can think of to every, every thought was attached to that Mm. emotion. And what eventually happened was after several meetings, well, let me go back before the, the, the continuous court, because it was about five different court Mm. hearings. Now I'm operating on calculating everything. I'm not buying so freely, right? I'm not just handing over money. I'm not just, uh, now I'm writing checks. Mm. I'm writing in the memo what this check is Mm. for, just for documentation. I'm buying a calendar and I'm crossing off each day that he's Mm. with me. Um, I am very careful with language. Uh, It's just, it became... It, it was healthy and unhealthy. Yeah. It was that process of figuring out those, what those boundaries look like were, was a difficult yeah. one because it wasn't as just a smooth transition. There was tension between us, of course, because I can no longer trust. I didn't understand where this came from. It didn't make sense to me, but that also showed me that I needed to have firm boundaries when it comes to the interaction. Yeah. But one, the other thing that, that came out is that I never wanted to, to go to court. I never wanted to have my son in the system, what I thought it was, the way that I envisioned my son being in the system, me being in the system, going to the court system online and seeing my name under child support, right? And then having the shame of my friends and everybody and my family, it's like, because the idea, and then it comes from your job, you're on child support. Yeah. Like, are you really involved uh, with your son? What are you doing yeah. on child support? It's that immediate like judgment that people assume if you're on child support that you must be not a good father. Is that was that what you were hearing? Like the immediate judgment? Right. Is that what it felt like, or was it different? No, that that was it. And plus, I have colleagues who are not in their mm. child's lives at that particular yeah. time, um, and I saw the disconnect because I was a little bit of you know I judged them for not being in mm. their child's life. And also created a distance because I was like, what type of father are you not to be in your right. child's life? Right. And you right. didn't see your, and you didn't identify yourself with them. It's like, no, that's, you, that's if that's all. what custody means, that's not, or, you know, that, that, or right. child support right. means that. That's not me. Like, I'm not right. that. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Then you hear the gripes. It's like, I get paid, mm. but 80% of my check goes to child right. support. Like all those different things are happening at the same time. And again, I never wanted to be involved Mm. with the court system. So we go through this process and the attorney eventually is on my side, even though she's representing her because 
some of the language that was said in there, it was presented as if I'm not involved. So now we have the documentation that I am. So I have to prove that to the court mm-hmm. and to the attorney. Um, the request for a certain amount of money, the attorney said, that's not how it works. This is how it works. We get to the court. The court wants to show empathy, but has to follow mm-hmm. the law. No, this is what it is. But the other part of it, we're not leaving it up to you, Mr. Williams. We have to go through your job and send them the oh, paperwork. Wow. And it's going to automatically be deducted from your mm. paycheck. Now, at that particular time, all it was coming out of my check was $113 per pay period. That was way less than what mm. I was doing because it would be randomly I would give two on a Friday, 200 on a Friday, 300 mm. on a Saturday. If I got something from a speaking mm. engagement or something, I always thought that, OK, half mm. goes to my son, half goes mm. to the environment. Um, it, but it just shifted and, but they created that, uh, it created that boundary. Although I went through that ugly phase of it or the uncomfortable phase, it created a necessary boundary. And from that point on, that's when I had to file for mm. custody because we weren't just going to have the child support running things. We needed to have mm. the custody and I wanted to, um, consolidate the cases, uh, which eventually happened, but going through the custody process, that's a whole mm. different process very excruciating, very expensive, um, very long. So many different things came out of there. There were times I wanted to give up because of the information that was being said to me, uh, said about me in in the documents. Um, There were times when my son and I bought him a dog and all of a sudden there's an attorney saying that well, we don't feel like the dog is, uh, is, is a, it's a safety hazard for your son, so you need to get rid of the dog. It's a puppy. Mm. It's a puppy. You know how vicious puppies are, right? No. They're not. <laughs> it's a I just pictured one in my head. Just bat, just bat. <laughs> I know exactly what a puggle looks like. It was like, boop. I'm like, yeah, they're not vicious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, God, I mean, just yeah. hearing this, it just sounds like, you know, um, yeah, I could see the guilt and the shame of hitting him because it's 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 kind of peeling back every aspect of your life. But now everyone knows and aware, and I'm not now I don't identify with this grouping of fathers that I would maybe call absent or not really involved because I, I am an involved father. I've always been an involved father, but now these rules and lines are coming in, and I have to mm-hmm. be calculated. Like I can't just be with my son. I'm, and now I'm yeah. thinking about. Like, I'm just imagining just the stress and anxiety feeling of like, okay, did I, you know, is it on the calendar? Did I document? Did I do this? Did I do this? So almost, I, I, I'm trying to think. How did you stay present with your kid? Was that hard? Was that easy? Was it? Was it? You know, was it? <laughs> did you navigate that? Like, how did you navigate that? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure ups and downs. But can you yeah. talk about, about that? One of the things that I I always say, I thank God for the position that I was in as Mm. far as career. Again, working for wraparound services, very Mm. flexible schedule. So once I had the custody that we agreed to prior to it being on an actual document, I was able to navigate my Mm. schedule around that. And so when I was with him, nothing Mm. in the world mattered. The court hearing didn't matter. The custody, the child support, um, what was happening at work, it was all Mm -hmm. about him. I wanted to pour into him and I just wanted Mm -hmm. to be present for him. I was able to kind of put that stuff to the side for the moment. Now it came back once once he was sleeping, I felt the shame, I felt the fear. What if this says, what if this is taken away from me? What if I don't have as much time with him? What does that mean for me? What does that mean for our relationship? But when he was up and present, 
Hmm. He's such a likable kid. He was such fun hmm. to be around. And even if they're not, it's still like my responsibility. So right. I needed to give him yeah. my best. And he gave it back in return because it wasn't just me pouring into him. His love was pouring into me, was also restoring the, f- the fire mm-hmm. and the zest to fight for what this yeah. relationship looks like. There were times when it was really bad and I would go into the room, I would let him play in the living room and I would go into his room, my room or whatever it was. And he literally would come to me and say, pop mm-hmm. up, you're my hero, mm-hmm. like out of nowhere. And so when I'm on my, you know, my yeah. at my lowest point and he mm-hmm. comes in and says that, Okay. Yeah. Put your yeah. cape back on. I like put your cape back you, on. You, know, yeah. you, you put yeah. your shoulders up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is this is this is necessary. It's just unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. Let the fire. Yeah. How long was that? Pro- I mean, in, in short, how long was the whole process for you, give or take, that the custody as well as the child support? Like, how long did that take? Well, I was on child support for about. So once I got the papers from child support, um, that next day I went and filed for custody. But there's a process. You have to be served. You have to go through different things like that. There was a little bit of avoidance from the custody stuff, but I showed up for the the child support stuff. Mm. So that happened first. So I was on child support for three and a half months. By the time we got to the court thing, maybe it's a six month process. And this is pre-COVID. This is years ago. So we didn't have the stalls, the delays Mm -hmm. or anything like that. And so I think this whole process took about six months, which is yeah. still- Yeah, I mean, every day, every you know, you're thinking about this every single day, I'm sure, right? Unless you're within the moments with your son able yeah. to, which is amazing you're able to do. Um, so I'm sure you've coached a lot of dads that maybe struggle with kind of that, which I can only imagine. It's not easy to kind of just put that over here. Um, you have some training from right. being right. a clinician to do that, um, which I'm sure helped you. Right. Um, but I'm sure a lot of dads yeah. are stuck. They're just like, it's in their head and then the constant anxiety. And I mean, so many emotions, guilt, fear, worry, anxious, you know, when's it going to over? Are they going to see what my involvement, are they going to take it away? Cause I'm sure you've seen some men and fathers who are involved who it doesn't go their way. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Right. And now they have to deal with that reality and now how do I deal with this? And I don't get mm-hmm. cussy or I get less than I, you know, <laughs> I get less than I would like. And now I got to only see them at certain times. And um, I can't even imagine what that must be like to be away from your kiddo when you just want to be there and Hey, I'm here, I'm present. And, and yours lasted this long. And, right. Um, you know, what kept coming back to me is, you know, like you had your, these dark moments and your son would come in and say, Hey, you're my hero. And you'd feel that fire and the cape back on. Like, that's why I'm doing this. And I know for some, for some men and fathers that it's not always that way. They might have a harder relationship with their kid, but no, they still feel this pull to do it because maybe the kid is angry at, you know, going through their own emotions about what's going on. Right. And that's the reality too, that kids are in the middle of all this, you know, whether they ask to be or not. Right. And often they tend to be the, the unfortunate yeah, the recipient, the recipient of like, they didn't yeah. ask for this. They didn't ask for mom, dad, whoever to go to court. Right. They didn't ask for this tension, but they, they're they in it. And so with that, how did you how did you navigate that with your son? Like, did it affect him a lot? Was it kind of like he was oblivious or was he aware? Was it kind of, how did you navigate that? He never, I won't say he never knew. We actually talked about this later, but navigating that, also the language mm-hmm. that I used around him. Like, I never encouraged him that he shouldn't go back to his mom's house. I never talked about what was happening between us. I wanted to also be that safe space for him where he feels like everything is happiness, right? He's never at an older age. He's never really seen us together. So we're talking about he was one when we split. So he's never really seen us in the same household doing the couple thing. It's always been a co-parenting in his eyes. He has two Mm -hmm. parents that are not together. And so it was just that that environment for him that it was my 
responsibility to, to create and to sustain. And so he feel he doesn't feel the brunt. Like I'm almost like the shoulder that blocks or the back that blocks all the things that he could experience if mm -hmm. I move out the way. Yeah. Yeah. So that was very helpful for me. Um, but what what really helped me through this process, mm -hmm. too, is journaling. I did a lot of journaling. I didn't run from the experiences. I didn't run from the feelings. I jotted them down and I explored them. I said, what is this coming from? What is this feeling? What is this thought? Uh, I started a, a, a journal even guess because I was in grad school when he was born. He was born. I was graduate. He was born in April. Mm. And I was graduating in May. Wow. And so I was able to be there for the birth, but I had mm. to go and finish school. And so I used to write wow. letters every day, like the letter to my son. Uh, mm. God told me to tell you this today. You know, when you get older, th these things may pop up. <laughs> We're going to have a discussion about mm. this. Let me tell you what happened to me. Kind of like coaching myself on the language yeah. and how to speak to my son. And so it's already kind of set in stone. And, and during that process, I was also able to connect with my own emotions. And now for a short break. So if you're looking for ways to support the show and my YouTube channel, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash therapy for dads. There you can make a one-time donation or join the monthly subscription service to support all that I'm doing at the intersection of fatherhood and mental health. And all the proceeds go right back into all the work that I'm doing into production, into continue to grow the show to bring on new guests. So again, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash therapy for dads. Thanks. And let's get back to the show. It sounds like a therapist because <laughs> um, that's, you know, journaling and, and a couple of things that, you know, I, I want to, I think, be specific on. And I think to help men that are either going through this or might go through this is you said a few things that helped you navigate this. And, you know, you said going to mentors and going to, you know, having a support system. You said journaling. Um, those are huge. But I know a lot of men don't do that or have that. Right. And so what do you, when you work with men and fathers that are going through this, how do you, what are some of like the, the three or four things you teach them to navigate? And I'm assuming journaling and, and relationships yeah. are part of it, but, but what are those things you help them like build into their system to help them navigate the ups and the downs? So the first thing is identifying the true emotion of what you're experiencing, right? Mm. When they come and talk to me about it, they start off very angry. This is what she did. This is, I can't see my son. I can't see my daughter. This is, okay, what does that feel like? Mm. Right? I just feel powerless. Mm. You know, let's identify the true emotion, the true thoughts behind that. So yeah. once we can get to the core, we can, we can work with that. We can address that. We can um, kind of manage that emotion. And so it doesn't turn into this other thing that makes it worse. Mm. Right. So that's that's the first thing. And so even if you're not in therapy, even if you don't have that mentor or coach, kind of sit with yourself for a moment and say, what am I experiencing? What is frustration come? Is it tied to the argument between her? Is it tied to the experience? How do I coach myself on the next interaction? Mm. Right. Because well, yeah. because I can make it worse or I can make it manageable mm. or I can make it better. Those are three different things. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to lose myself in this process. I don't want to feel like she's taking advantage of me. I don't want to feel like she's in full control. But also, again, when we're talking about the relationships, there's different relationships. Mm -hmm. And so when that happens, we have to let go of our, let go of our ego some. Mm. 
because we want to come in and automatically snatch control and be angry and know that sometimes that is the goal of the co-parent. Mm. Sometimes that is the ignorance of the co-parent or the ignorance of ourselves when we want to go and disrupt everything. Mm. Right. And what are some practical ways you give those guys um, ways of letting go of their ego? Like what are some, you know, two or three things you help them with to practice that putting mm-hmm. ego aside? We ask the question, what is your goal? What is your goal of this interaction? Is your goal to control and your, your goal is to get back at her? Um, is your goal to see your child? Mm. So now we've we've thought about that. Okay, so what is what has worked and what hasn't worked? Mm. What boundaries did you need to set in? Does it need to be a situation where the exchange is at school, um, the exchange is through a uh, identified mutual person to, uh, and that's the, um, I can't, I, I, I lost the term for it, it's parallel parenting, yeah. right? It's not always co-parenting is not a healthy thing. So the parallel parenting, do you have someone that you both trust to help navigate or help you guys really have better and more healthier conversations? Do you mm. need to go? You need to speak less and type more (laughs) because sometimes the emotions get attached to it. Do you attach yourself to everything that's involved in that text message or that that voicemail or Mm. that email? Let's stay focused. Get out of the clouds, the things that cause the emotional dysregulation, you know, the things that kind of shake us up, the things that trigger us, the things that activate us. Let's stay away from that. You can see it, process it but don't respond to it. Mm. And maybe sometimes, and this does go back to journaling, maybe sometimes, and this is something that I used to do, I used to write what I really wanted to write. Like, here's mm. my here's my initial <laughs> reaction. <laughs> yeah. And then I would delete it and then write mm. what I needed to say. Yeah. So allowing the rawness, allowing the anger, allowing the frustration, the rage, yeah. just to kind of be raw without judgment mm-hmm. and just like go. And I like that, yeah. just to let it out and then delete it and start again. Almost like we need yeah. to release that energy sometimes yeah uh and especially men like you know let's just get it out whether it's through journaling or go do a hard workout i've done that with guys like hey go Mm -hmm. punch a punching bag man go go do something hard where you're getting energy out then come back and think because i think that's the where we i see a lot of men you probably too where they get in trouble is because they don't deal with that Mm -hmm. anger the rage and they go in and they, they forget their goal. I think that's so key is what is your ultimate goal here? If it's to be with your kid, that's the that's the kind of the rudder here. That's keeping you on on task and on target of what you're aiming at. So everything has to be around that. So if you need to go right, just let it out. Let that steam yeah. out and it's okay. <laughs> and then yeah. come back and write it again. And okay, now that you're calm, <laughs> what do you really want to say? What's important to say? What keeps you aligned with your ultimate goal? Which in this we'll assume it's to, I want to be with my kid. <laughs> we'll yeah. assume that yeah. for the dads listening to this app podcast, it's like, oh, I want to be with my kid. <laughs> right. Good. That's that's right. we want to help coach you. Um, I want to be with my kid. And so yeah, journaling is great, writing stuff down. And what do you say to the dads that say, Oh, I don't know how I'm feeling? I don't know mm. what I'm feeling. So that's an interesting thing, and I, and I know I'm going to plug myself right here. So I have a journal. Please do. Uh, Please do. It's the Father's Journal, and okay. it has the emotional will in it. Mm. And so you get to identify and choose which emotion that you're feeling and you're experiencing, and then you write from that. Love it. Awesome. I'm definitely going to plug. I'm just, okay, everyone, that's going to be in the show notes. I'm going to plug that. Please. That's great because I think a lot of men that I've worked with too, and I'm, I'm sure Paul, is that a lot of men struggle with that emotional language, that emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. for various reasons, various factors. But without going over there, that's a whole other 
you know, probably series on men yeah. and masculine emotions, but a lot of men struggle with, I don't know. I just know I'm angry that, that, cause we know anger, yeah. we know rage, yeah. uh, we know that, but it's, what is it? And I, and I think having a guy that Paul has is great to like, at least it's helping build that skill of, Ooh, maybe it's this, maybe it's this. So mm-hmm. please check it out if you need it. This is, it's great to have that as a guide. It's, it's how you build that intelligence is by practicing and then yeah. you start to kind of have the language to know, okay, what is behind my anger? Is it that I'm I'm helpless, right? I feel powerless, right. which I think is a lot of what they really feel in the situation, mm-hmm. shame, guilt, mm-hmm. et cetera. So that's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know you did that. That's really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Then the other part is that, I mean, even with people who know the emotions, they still don't know what to write. Right. Right. Absolutely. So what do I, what am I, am I writing a letter to my child? Am I writing a letter to my, ch- my child's mother? Am I writing? Right. Sometimes it's a letter to myself. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just a brain dump. Yeah, I love and that. And you just get to vomit all over paper, and it's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the vomiting part. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've done that before, too, and then I tear it up and toss it out yeah. and start again, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, okay, good. So I, I love that you have that. Please, guys, check it out if you need it. Um, it's there. It'll be in the show notes for you to click on to buy and purchase. Yeah, understanding our emotions is so key in this. Part of this is such an emotional experience. Yeah. yeah. It's a That's a big part, big part. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. I want to go back to just a little bit of the court um, yes, please. experience. You definitely need to uh, get an attorney. I know some men like to go in and say, well, I got all the answers. I'm going to do it. Mm. Um, it is expensive. I'm going to say that. It, but it's also an investment. Mm. It's an investment into this experience. Uh, and that's another process. You have to also provide documentation. You have to stay on point. It's a it's a boundary. Um, but I also saw it as a necessary investment in a boundary that was needed in order for me to continue to see my son Hmm. and eventually to see my son more. And what are some of the initial reasons why men don't get attorneys initially? Like, I I think you said one of them is expenses, then also the feeling I got this, right? That kind of hubris of like, I know what I'm doing. Right. And also feeling like, you know, you hear the stories that I got an attorney and it didn't work out for me. Mm. You know, I heard my friend got an attorney and it's actually worse. And he went back and did it by himself. And I'm, I'm using his information, his his um, advice. And I'm going to he's going to coach me through this. Mm. Right. And but the automatic um, thought that I've heard um, several times is that when we don't go into court with an attorney, we're not taking this serious. Mm. Yeah, and that's so the court's perspective, another, you mean, right? Yeah. 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 yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. You got to play yeah. the game in a way. Like, th- what are they looking for? Are they looking for how serious is dad? And one of them is, oh, do they have an attorney or not? Well, they, they don't right. care about you can afford it or not, right? They don't care about that. No. <laughs> they no, care. No. Is he, t- it's almost like a, is it like a box? Like, oh, he's got an attorney. So that that's check yeah. one that, okay, he must care. Yeah. Okay. And attorneys have relationships with judges. Mm. So understanding that as well. And then if you come to court without an attorney or you decide to go through this process without an attorney and the co-parent has an attorney, Mm. the co-parent's attorney has a relationship with the court system, the judge, and also has very specific language to address these different things that your co-parent wants. Yeah. Right. You get caught up in your ego. Again, you get caught up in the lack of knowledge Mm. um, and understanding education. And then all of a sudden you're in court flabbergasted. Like what's, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Like I, I thought I was doing the right thing. Here's my stuff judge. And you want to speak out and you're not supposed to. So there's a, there's a certain order to that. And that's so, I yeah. can see that being leaving any man in that moment defensive because it, 
because it is it's a whole courts are, it's a whole different language in a way right it's not yeah it's not typical dialogue like this right <laughs> it's not a back and right. forth it's yeah yeah and there's a there's a lot of resources in the court um system for both sides mm. right we just have to take advantage of them okay. right they have the um they have the mentoring in there they have the um oh, what is the word that i'm looking for um there's someone someone to help the both of them just communicate they have the different classes and all of that so you want to participate in everything because you're taking it serious you're taking time out of your work day yeah are you taking time out of your leisure time mm. you're taking you're doing these things because that's what a father does yeah we show up yeah we show up and so once once you get into that whole court system and you're filing making sure you're having your your eyes dotted and your t's crossed you want to talk about um, language with each other, like how you speak about the co-parent with when they're with you and how they speak. You want to be very succinct when it comes to every single detail with that quarter. Because even after that, there's another layer mm. of once court is done, is implementing that court order. Gotcha. What happens when somebody violates it, oh. right? Um, there's so many different things that we go through both sides, but we're talking about men right mm -hmm. now, yep. that go through when we have a court order, we thought the fight was over, but somebody violates the court. And now we have to start this process all over. Kind of start more money, more money. Yeah. More time. More time. Yeah. 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 So it can be a long, depending on the nature of the relationship, it can be a very long, arduous process over and over mm -hmm. and over again. I know, I know I've coached men um, that have went through this from the child for 18 years. Wow. Wow. Just exhausted, wow. but never gave up. So, I'm wondering, since we're on that, um, what kept them in in that? Never, you know, that's a long. I, I'm trying. 18 years. That's the, you know, <laughs> that's, yeah. You know, what kept them going? Those guys that that it wasn't like a clean, like okay, we're good. Everyone's following because that does happen. People follow the agreements and everything's mm -hmm. okay. And but those guys, what what did you see in them? What did they possess that kept them moving forward? They continue to want to be a dad. Mm -hmm. That was it. It was nothing else. It wasn't ego. It wasn't, I want to beat her. It wasn't any of that. It was, I want to be in my child's life mm. and I have to do this part. Mm. And I'm also teaching myself resilient. And I'm also telling my son or daughter that I will never give up on mm. you, regardless of what I'm facing. I will never give up on you. Yeah. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah. Ultimate drivers that no, I'm yeah. here. I'm showing up regardless of what happens, regardless of what court. Because kids aren't going to get that when they're young. They're not going to understand. Right. One day when right. they get older, well, maybe when they're 18, 19, 20, they could have the conversation and understand what the dad went through. That's a talk about a hero. Um, yeah. You know, every every day, and I'm sure they had low moments. Um, mm -hmm. And so those guys that face that might be facing that, that might have those low moments. How would you want to encourage them? Or maybe they're just starting off and. It's like, you know, it's coming up here in a month or two and they got to now go to court for the first time and do this. Like, what would you, what would be some of your words of encouragement from both professional and personal experience? Well, I know sometimes we tend to isolate ourselves, right? We tell ourselves we can do everything by ourselves. We're going to get through this um, regardless of how hard it is because we're traditionally taught that man up, mm. you know, tough it out. But you don't have to and you shouldn't. Mm. There are a lot of support systems there in your area. I'm sure they are. You can Google them. There's all types of groups. 
Um, I was part of several different groups. I started groups, even if there's one, if even if you don't have one, you haven't seen one, start one. Mm. Reach out to someone. Just I would just, again, start off by saying, don't try to do this by mm. yourself. Lean in on those who love you and then build community that will support mm. you. And support comes accountability, too, because this is not just about you getting your way and everybody believing everything that you have. You need a level of accountability because we have to check ourselves as well as saying, well, I might be asking for too mm. much. I might be doing too much. I might be the one that's agitating the situation. Mm. So let me back up and kind of reset and then uh, then try to address address what's happening in front of me. Yeah. In, in that experience with that, you, you said you brought that up. Is there something that one thing that you needed to work on during this process for yourself that you found, wow, I, this is something I need to address in my own life and then began to? Yeah. I, I had to constantly tell myself that it's not about me mm. and it's not about her. And one of the things my mother told me early and she says, the greatest gift that I can give to my son is to honor his mother. Mm. So even in disconnect, even when she was doing certain things, I needed to honor her in a way that my son saw it. That doesn't mean that I, I was OK with the things that she did. That doesn't mean I celebrated or I welcomed those things, but I wasn't going to match those things. Mm. So to me, that was honoring him, honoring her um, in those moments. So he's never seen me be agitated, disrespectful, heightened in front of her. And I'm proud of that. It's good to be proud I'm of that. I'm proud of yeah, that. I would be too. Yeah. yeah. And so I can, yeah. And I can have a conversation with him on how to handle conflict. Mm. Right. And that's the seed, so, that's the seed you're planting. I think that's the key is you're, you're yeah. I think you're, you're showing how to handle adversity and conflict, especially when things don't go your way, because they're, they're sponges. They pick up everything that you're doing. And what a yeah. proud thing to be able to stand here today and say, no, you know, was it perfect? No, but I showed him well and consistently what it looks like to respect, even if you disagree, even if things don't go your way, how to show respect and not, not go to the same level, but be kind of be up here above approach. And he's, he's, yeah. he saw that, how yeah. you conducted yourself, how you spoke, even if she was doing something that was way out of, you know, way out of left field, say, like, okay, I'm not going there. Here's what I'm doing. Because it is yeah. easy, I think, for a lot of us, a lot of men, anyone to like, if you get hurt, it's like, well, I'm going to hurt back, right? Because that's it's that automatic right. defense. I got to prove myself. And then that's the ego. That's the, you know, and that's when we're not getting support, when we're kind of doing it alone. We're not identifying what we're feeling when we're, right? Those are all right. the pitfalls, right? Is yeah. trying to do it alone. Yeah. Not being aware of yourself, not being aware of your ego, not being aware of your goal. Like, what is your purpose here? Because your ultimate goal is I want to be a good example to my son, to my daughter, so they see their father showing up regardless, and they put their cape on regardless. Not that they're perfect, but they see a real human, a human being who has emotions, but is able to compose and navigate those difficult emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I would was, I was say this too, when you're talking about taking care of yourself during this mm. process, don't lose the things that mm. you love outside of that. Yeah. Right. So you talked about music, you talked about working out, all those different things. Like I never stopped doing mm. those things. On the days when he was not with me, I made sure I had that yeah. outlet. I made sure I was playing basketball, yeah. playing flag football, um, writing songs, doing whatever I was doing. I needed that, that yeah. outlet. I didn't need to get totally lost in what I was experiencing through that process. Yeah. So another really good tip through this of care is don't, yeah, have good, healthy hobbies, outlets that you can be creative or physical because that's, that's you know, you got to take care of your whole self, your whole being. Um, right. You know, as we kind of wrap up, the final thing is where can we find you? How can you we reach out for you if you need support or to find what you're doing? Um, obviously, I'm going to link that that journal. But how else can we get a hold of you, Paul? Yeah, everything is pretty much Bashe Williams, and that's B-A-S-H-E-A -E Williams. My website is BasheWilliams.com. My Instagram is Bashe Williams. You just Google Bashe Williams. All my links and stuff will come up. LinkedIn, all of that. 
Um, and you can find me all over, to be honest with you. Uh, I have my hand in a little bit of everything right now, trying to get settled. Um, but I'm at a great time with my son getting ready to go to college. Mm-hmm. Like this is a, a wonderful time. So we're doing college wow. trips. Um, but yeah, I, if you'll see my son when you see me, so, um, <laughs> but yeah, just Google Bashe Williams and you'll see all yeah. of my links. Well, Paul, uh, it's been such a pleasure and there's so many other ways I wanted, we could talk about more things. I'm like, oh, that these are all important subjects because you're right. There's a lot of things that go yeah. into this in the court. And this was definitely not an exhaustive, but I think a really good start for if you're there. Guys, first and foremost, you're not alone. There is support. Reach out, whether in your area. Uh, Reach out to Paul if you need some more professional support if you're in that area um, or just get his book. I'm going to have all your links. Everyone's going to be in the description below for his website, Instagram, everything about him. It's going to be clickable to take you right where you need to go. Thank you so much for your time today, Paul, uh, and have a great rest of your, your day. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for joining and listening today. Please leave a comment and review the show. Dads are tough, but not tough enough to do this fatherhood thing alone.